1: I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we.
0: And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers. Cheers!
1: Okay, what are we drinking?
0: We're drinking Beck's.
1: Beck's beer.
0: Yes, definitely. A German lager. It's considered a lager, Pilsner lager. so It's a mix. Somewhere between a Pilsner yeah. and a lager. But you have said you love this one. I do. And I looked at the beer advocate in 65 yeah.
1: So I'm thinking, wow! It only got 65 on the beer advocate.
0: Yeah, but maybe it's really just down to preference. Interesting. Really light color. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. That's a very smooth beer. I like that.
2: So How did I only get
0: 65 on the beer advocate? 65 beer advocate. Poo poo. This is good. But you know what? I like it. It's great. And we're going to have barbecue, so it's going to be great. It's not a very
1: flavorful beer. But there's, its flavor profile is actually really delicious. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of flavor in the front of it, the, and then yeah. it goes down really smooth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, it's hey. a German beer, and I'm yes on German beers. I am too. i and, and Bex is a winner for me, even though it's a 65 in the applicant. Yeah. I'm going to say it's not as good as some of the Pilsners that we tried. True, and not correct. as good as some of the Hefeweizens we tried. Right. Correct. And I probably wouldn't reach for it over, say, a Heineken. Right. That's what, it's I'm, still that's pretty what good. I'm
0: thinking. But it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good.
1: Well, we are 24 chapters yes,
0: I know. <laughs> into edge
1: play, which is kind of cool because we're getting yeah. towards the apex or the, yes. you know, we're, yes. we're arriving at the summit. Yes. And, you know, we need a little guidance. So <laughs> we thought the <laughs> we best We need an
0: author check-in. We need it's an author need. check-in, yeah. <laughs>
1: so we thought we would reach out to the author, Jane, and see what she had to say about section yeah. two yeah. and give us a little primer for section three. Perfect. So Jane, welcome to the conversation.
2: Thank you so much. You know, you guys are on it. You guys like picked up on all the stuff I wanted you to pick up on. You understand who the characters are. And yes, the end of section two is sort of setting things up for the denouement where the action happens. You know, Amy's going to, you know, get some answers. Uh, She's going to receive some questions and things are are coming to a finale and I'm I'm so excited that you're you're where you're at. Thank you so much for persisting and for for doing such a great job engaging and being engaged. I'm I'm so honored.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. We we're enjoying it. It's a yeah. fun thing to read to each other, too. That's a that's a real old school thing to do, but I think it's delightful where we take time and sit down and read and then talk about it. And then talk about it right it, then. It, yeah.
1: It gives us a way to relate to each other around our kink because we're reading a book about kink. And you know, we have some issues with things that you've written and we have some things we align with and we get to talk about it and it sort of puts us
2: all in like a three D relief. You great know? dialogue. I mean great dialogue. Yeah. Well, I love the idea of the book as foreplay. And and yeah I mean everybody approaches kink from a different perspective I mean it's the nature of being human it's the nature of being pervy none of us are completely and perfectly aligned but it's where the differences lie I think where the most interesting conversations can be elicited and I'm just so fascinated by how you use the story as a springboard for questioning your own relationship and 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 the things that you do together and 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 also with others it's um it's a, it's a real privilege to, to be this voyeuristic freak um, peeking in on how things work. Che Yeah,
1: for sure. You know, before we talk more about the book, I heard a little bird tell me anyway <laughs> that you're up for an award. So what's going on?
2: Yes, I am up for the Pauline Rayage Novel Award, which is given out annually by the National Leather Association. So I don't know about you, but the story of O figured... Really large in my, I don't know, my coming of age in my own personal coming of age. I, my first encounter with the story was actually sort of flipping through my dad's Playboys on the sly and coming up against um, a layout of the movie story of Oh, they had stills and a and a brief description of what the the movie and the and the book was about, and I just thought, oh my god, I think this is written for me. And a few years had to pass before I, I actually got the courage to, to acquire the book. But, you know, when I did, I was I was blown away because, let's face it, it's a very romantic, very decadent tale. The And it's a fantasy. And, you know, I imagine, you know, it was uh, written by Anne Duclos for her lover. And this was in the 50s. And it was so risky for her to do this. She had to adopt a pseudonym. And it's a book that stood the test of time, you know, as a, as a work of art, it, it remains important. It has changed the dialogue about sex, about power in the bedroom, out of the bedroom, the, all that stuff. It's just a, been a really fascinating lens for us to, to kind of understand or explore these dynamics. And when I learned that I was a finalist for it, I like practically had an orgasm. That's, oh, that's, I love it.
1: That's great. You know, one of the first movies we reviewed in our Kinky Movie Review series was The Story of a. It
0: was, yeah.
1: And, you know, we watched the French version.
0: That's what was cool. Yeah. I we, thought
1: that was cool. We watched the French version, and for the first third of the movie, we didn't even consider that there might be subtitles, so.
0: Right, I know, <laughs> <laughs> because we're like, we get this.
1: But, but, you, but you get the story. It was really interesting. And congratulations. That's a fine award to be named in, and I hope that you succeed and win it. Yes.
2: Yeah, I mean I would be so thrilled. I'd know what to do with that little sticker on my book. I would uh be relentless. Um but the competition is fierce or or seductive as the case may be and there are six of us. So the odds are long but I've got my fingers crossed. So let's all let's all pull for edge play because it would mean a bunch. Thank you so much for for being on top of this because this is this is the pinnacle of the of the erotica space and I'm just so honored to have to have made the cut.
1: That's great. So Jade, have you started working on the sequel?
2: Yes, I have. And what's fun is I've discovered that everybody wants to know more about Erica so I'm trying to pull together a story that, that follows her in the same time window as as Edgeplay takes place, but with a different perspective, obviously, which is Erica's. And let's face it, it's kind of crazy to abandon your business in the hands of a rookie. So what would make her do that? What's she doing in Geneva? What's this Edward guy about? And. Um, you know, a little bit more about the art world. And what I enjoyed about Edge Play was that it's basically social satire. The heroes, the people that form the moral core of the story are the sex workers, which is not typically how we see them represented. The villains, the sleazy assholes who, who are incompetent are the bankers. And there's a similar dynamic at play in the art world where the operations of art sales are actually incredibly sleazy. It's the last great unregulated market. So in that respect, it has a lot in common with the, the sort of the darker corners of Wall Street. And if you think about paintings, how do you value something that's ephemeral, that that is just about evoking emotion? It has a lot in common with the sex industry. So um, the parallels just sort of worked out. I, uh, I was so fortunate that I made Erica a gallerist. It was sort of a... I can't say it, but I had a lot of thinking into what she should be. I just knew she needed an awesome space and wouldn't it be cool if it was in the basement of a gallery. But, you know, these things happen for a reason and, and it turned out to be uh, very fortunate.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: That's, that
2: is actually really exciting. That sounds
1: like a, an interesting way to build a two book whole story.
0: It's neat to follow a different character around the same time too. I just think that's Every, you know, everyone wants everything. So they're like, I want to see what happens to Amy. I want to do this, whatever.
2: But uh, I think Erica is someone that we would like to know more about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially since she's the pro-dom.
2: Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. And how did she get so fabulous? I mean, that's kind of a fun question. And, you know, what's the origin story of a superhero? And uh, let's face it, Erica is kind of a superhero.
1: Oh, uh, Very interesting. So what's going to happen in Section 3 that we should be thinking about?
2: Well, the first thing I'm going to warn you is that the chapters get very short, so you may want to like double down on them because you know there's one that's even only a page. So uh, be prepared for some some fast movement. This is when she starts investigating. Her, Amy starts investigating her boss in earnest when Dan resurfaces with a proposal, actually a couple of them, and and then we meet a we, we meet a new gentleman. And uh, it, it complicates Amy's life in a, in a good way, I think. And it makes the choices in front of her all the more obvious and and difficult. It's fun.
0: Oh, good. That sounds great. I'm looking
1: forward to it. I, I'm going to say that as the author, you shouldn't tell us to double down on the chapters because the longer we read, the more presence ah, you have. Yeah. So you should tell us to read one chapter at a time.
0: Read
2: a sentence at a time, please. Yeah. <laughs> just spoon feed the audience. You are correct. Okay, let's, let's maybe do a paragraph just to, just to draw it out, but not to be too cruel. <laughs> page, maybe a page at a time. But yeah, things start happening pretty fast. And, uh, you know, there are lots of threads to the plot that get, you know, tied up in the, the third act. It's sort of the traditional way things these three-act novels work.
1: Good. Yeah. Cuz there definitely are a few little loose ends floating around that mm-hmm. we've paid attention to and I think you've spoken to them with her previous boss and so forth. So anyway, we've really enjoyed the book so far, Jay, and it's been fun. Yeah. It's been and fun to read. We're pulling for Amy. We're pulling for her <laughs> to like, win this competition. And we believe that she's a hero in the end and that she's going to succeed. That's what that's what we believe so far.
2: Yeah. I will not disabuse you of that notion. Keep going.
1: Very good. So unless you have something else to add, I will just say that we'll chat with you when we're done with section three.
2: Let me see. I I, I hate to um, not take a chance to to add something when when you when you're so seductive in, in offering that. One of the things that's been really fascinating and cool about the book is is sort of connecting with the community of sex workers and that's been one of the great privileges of the of of the novel and um i'm just so excited that that the ladies it's mostly ladies that I deal with, um, have, have responded so favorably to the book. I mean, obviously it's a rarefied glimpse into sex work at the highest levels and it's, it's a little bonkers. Some of her business practices are, are pretty eccentric, but, um, they, they, have been responding to the the sort of the emotional toll of the work, I think, and also the seriousness and the stakes involved of, of being in the demi monde and of, of working sort of extra legally and in a circumstance where, you know, the rules aren't um, all that tidy and well, well delineated. And um, it's been, it's been cool. I've had the opportunity to meet a couple of them in the flesh since the book has come out, and uh, it's, it's been quite delicious.
1: That's true. And the whole notion that kink dungeon play qualifies as sex work is still sort of interesting to me. It's like such a diminishment of what's really occurring
2: but it's, it's also kind of, um, a pragmatic understanding that, that, that the forces that are arrayed against, for instance, um, porn stars or, you know, sort of escorts, they're also coming to bear on, um, pro doms, uh, all the, the issues with just getting paid, for instance, um, you know, the, the, the crackdown, if you will, on the porn hubs has substantial implications on the women doing the work in the fetish space. And, um, even though, uh, doesn't usually include as a service, um, coitus, uh, it gets swept up in all that stuff because it's, it's sex adjacent, if you will. And, um, and, uh, most pro-doms that I've interacted with think of themselves as sex workers and are quite forthright about it. And I think that comes from an acknowledgement of, um, the fact that they have much more in common with, um, escorts, phone sex operators, dancers, whatever, than, um, you know, uh, the person working in an office. Um, there are just so many headwinds that, that, that blow against the industry that, um, And that demand kind of a a cunning and a creativity of the practitioners that, um, you know, just sort of normal jobs don't demand Um, that uh, it's it's been it's been really interesting just sort of having a vantage point into that. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to the women for sharing some of their um, experiences and insights. It's been fascinating, and it will certainly um, bear fruit in um, the complimentary novel as I'm working on it.
1: Good. I think you're right. I think that's a very important topic. We just had a really amazing conversation with Savannah Sly about the politics of sex work right now in the sex industry. That'll mm-hmm. be interesting for you to listen to. And you're right, it's a world where the political winds are blowing pretty hard against the industry at large, and it's happening on a global scale. I'm global,
0: because we heard things about Amsterdam. Yeah,
1: even in Amsterdam. And, and this is sourced in a Swedish model of really targeting the users of sex work, but the difference between what's happening in Europe and here is that in Europe, the sex work is legal, but they're targeting the purchases of sex work, whereas here, the sex work is still not legal, uh, and ha- not de- hasn't been and decriminalized, not decriminalized, Yeah, and you know that's the challenge. So you're right. I think that's a really worthwhile topic to attend to because this opportunity is to use your voice to maybe be heard on behalf of that industry in a way that they otherwise wouldn't have access to
2: it's it's um it's fascinating the way um, you know the 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 institutions um, the state the police etc can array themselves against an industry and let's face it what happens um in sec- in the sex industry for the most part is legal when it's not compensated so it's not like what's happening is so outrageous it's just kind of a patriarchal thing a relic from uh, the days when women were supposed to behave in a certain way and, and, and submit to men and um, kudos to the ladies and the gentlemen who've, you know, called bullshit on this stuff. But it's, um, you know, even the, uh, the Nordic model where you criminalize the the patrons, that's just a, a sort of a backdoor way of, of harassing the women. And let's face it, the bulk of the, the, the industry is comprised of women, and um, it's uh, it's unfortunate how much and how strongly uh, these 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 ladies who are you know just trying to raise their kids, earn some money, satisfy their clients, have to contend with for something as simple as depositing their their cash or you know conducting their work. And I. I I'm so in awe of the uh, resourcefulness I've seen and the humor that has to accompany such a such a, a weird circumstance. It's a uh, the the, the humor is pretty dark, but it's it's very profound, and I like it.
1: Oh, for sure. I think that it's important that this conversation happens in an ongoing way to really confront you know as you point out it's a relic of the patriarchy and it really is about controlling women and women's bodies and women's sexuality yeah yeah so good for you and take that on and when your book comes out we'll read that too yes
0: exactly
2: Well, you guys have been extraordinary. I'm so grateful for all the time you've uh, spent with my novel and with my characters. It's, it's been a thrill, you know, listening into your conversations and seeing where they, where they, they're launched to, because obviously the the book doesn't exist in isolation. You guys bring to it your, your own experiences and your own thoughts. And um, I feel that voyeuristic thrill I get when I go to somewhere really unusual and outrageous, which is that I'm peeking in on, on something intimate and special. So thank you.
1: You're welcome, Jane. And thank you for joining us and we'll be in touch soon. Very soon.
2: Wonderful.
0: That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time. Cheers.